New Creation Vibe. We have finished our book of Philippians, and now we're moving on to a new series, a new um, series that I felt led to do called True Worship and True Worshipers. So we're going to be looking at what does the Bible say about true worship and true worshipers. You know, a lot of times we use this term praise and worship for the time where we sing before the service or at the beginning of a service. It praise and worship. And we use this term worship a lot. And I think we use it incorrectly, just to be honest. So I want to just kind of look at what the Bible says about true worship and true worshipers. All right? So our passage that we're going to start out in, and this is going to be the base passage for this whole series, is found in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. You don't have to turn there. It should be on the, uh, on the screen. It says, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is a spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we're going to look at, the, this is going to be the basis for our series, because I believe it's important that we understand what it means to worship God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to come and learn more about you. We thank you for Sunday school. Lord, how you already worked in Sunday school. And Lord, we thank you for Ladidra. We thank you for Brother Terrell. And their teaching, Lord, and being obedient to you. And being led by the Holy Spirit as they taught the women and taught the men. And Lord, we thank you that the lessons fell on good soil. But Lord, now we pray that you just have your way with this blessing. This message, Lord, we pray that you just... You just give us understanding to understand what it means to be a true worshiper. What it means to be, to have true worship. Lord, as we continue to look through your text, Lord, make it clear to us. Make it plain to us. That we may understand and when we understand, Lord, not just understand for head knowledge, but that we will apply it to our lives. Lord, we pray that you just be with us. Keep us. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be holy and acceptable unto you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, our base scripture is John chapter 4, but I wanted to go back to Genesis. And to the first place the word worship is mentioned in the Bible. You'll find that in Genesis chapter 22. And a lot of you might know this story, but I ask that you, you don't turn off your ears just because it's a familiar story and not follow along. Because I was blessed. I've heard this story so many times, and there were some things that I saw in the text that I, I felt like I just had I'd never seen before. So as we go through Genesis chapter 22, don't let, it, don't let the familiarity cause you not to pay attention. All right? And it's talking about Abraham and Isaac. Okay? So it says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, here am I, he replied. 
that God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. So, the first thing we see is that Abraham speaks, I mean, God speaks to Abraham and tells Abraham, Abraham, take your son, your one and only son, and go sacrifice him. Now, I know you're looking at me like, what does that mean? And, okay, one, human sacrifices isn't that common back there, even back there. So, so God was asking Abraham to do something that wasn't really that common. Number two, Abraham had a conflict. Two, that there's a, that's just a, a, I don't, it's just a relationship conflict. God was asking him to sacrifice his son, his one and only son. I don't know about you, new creation, but I'm looking here, and even in verse 2 and verse 3, I don't see anywhere where God, where Abraham says, whoa, 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 God. I don't see anywhere where Abraham says, God, wait a minute. No, you must be talking about Ishmael. Let me go find Ishmael. I'll go sacrifice Ishmael. I'll, or I'll sacrifice somebody else. But the other conflict Abraham had was because of what God had already told him back in chapter 15. And go ahead and put that up there. Chapter 15, verse 4 says, The word of the Lord came to him. This man will not, will not be your heir, but a son who is, of, who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky. This is God talking to Abraham. And count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So God is telling Abraham, listen, I am going to give you an heir of your own flesh and blood, and I'm going to make him so, I'm going to make your descendants so numerous, it's going to be like stars in the sky. You're not going to be able to count them all. Abraham knows this. And so when God comes to Abraham and says, listen, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. Abraham doesn't say anything about it. But what does he do? Early the next morning, he gets to work. Early, he, he wakes up early. He wakes up early. A lot of us struggle today getting our clock set up an hour Abraham woke up early to go and kill his son. Can I just can I put can I put it to you like that? He woke up early to go kill his son. He says early the next morning he got up, loaded his donkey, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Verse four. 
He says, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Listen, don't miss this. On the third day, God told him to go. Go to a place I'm going to show you. Abraham didn't know how long that was going to take. So he just sets out on this journey. and He doesn't know how long it's going to take. And every day, he's thinking about, I've got to kill my son. Every day, every day for three days, he has to think about, I've got to kill my son. Nobody else knows but Abraham that he has to go and kill his son. But look what it says. Verse 5, it says, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will what? Say it again. We will what? Worship. And then we will come back to you. We will worship. He didn't say we were going to go sacrifice. He said we were going to go worship. The first place in the Bible where worship is mentioned. Right here. Verse, 20, verse 5. He says we will go and worship. Right there. Our worship is linked to sacrifice. At some point in our worship, it's going to be linked to some kind of sacrifice. You don't believe me? Let's keep reading. Verse 6, it says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, to his father Abraham, sorry, father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? So this is not the first time Isaac had participated in the offering because he knew you got fire, you got wood. Where is the lamb? Someone adding up for Isaac. He saw the fire, he saw the wood, but he didn't see a sacrifice. And look what Abraham's response was, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Abraham understood something. And his faith helped him understand something. Either, there was two options Abraham had. Either God was going to resurrect Isaac. Or God was going to provide something for him. He didn't know which one. So he said, God's going to provide. I don't know what he's going to provide. He said he's going to provide a lamb. He knew something was going to happen. So come on here, fella. Fella's going to be Isaac. Now, I want, I want you to see something. Isaac was about 20 years old. Isaac was about 20 years old. So I, Fella's what? He's not, he's not 20 yet, so we know that. But we're going we're gonna to imagine that Isaac fell as 20 years old. All right? And let's, let's, we're going to keep reading this. It says, so when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar. So, so what he said before, he said, Abraham gave him the wood. He said, here you go, Isaac. Got some, got some firewood here. I want you to hold that. And then Abraham carried the knife and the fire. So we're going to imagine this is fire today. It's fire, see? fire. All right? So he carried the knife and he carried the fire. 
And Isaac is looking at the wood, he's looking at the knife, and he's looking at the fire. But he don't see a sacrifice. Keep going. Next verse. It says, then he reached out his hand. No, go back. Go back to verse 9. It said, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Isaac, he told him he was going to provide a sacrifice. But then he gets the rope. He gets some rope. And he starts to bound Isaac. So we're going to put the wood down. And, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bound him. 20 years old. He's 20 years old. I, at this time, Abraham had to have been about 120 something. Right? So, so I'm, I'm Abraham and I'm going to bound him. And at no point in Scripture do we see anything that says Isaac, Isaac don't want to cooperate and get bound. <laughs> now, now I don't know about you, but if I'm 20, I don't know if I'm getting bound. But Isaac never says anything. Isaac never says anything. So I don't know if Isaac trusts God or trusts his dad. But Isaac is standing there. And, and go to the next verse, verse 10. It says, then he reached out his hand. I'm sorry. Go back. Go back to the. It said, oh, it said he arranged the wood and he laid them on the altar. He laid them on the altar on top of it. All right, so we're going sure, to make this be our altar. Is that tight? Can you move? <laughs> so, so, so we're going to put the fire down. We're going to put the wood down. And, and we're going to get you to lay up here. I, I want you to see this picture. I want you to see this picture. Because he takes the knife and he's about to kill him. Go to verse 10. It says, then he reached out his hand, took his knife, and is about to slay his son. He's about to kill him. And at the moment he is about to kill him, what happens? What happens? It says, but the angel of the Lord calls out and says, Abraham, Abraham, here am I. And I think at this time, Abraham let out a big sigh of relief. And Abraham looked up. Go back, go back. It says, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Listen. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you, Isaac. Your, 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 your friends will help you unbound. Now listen, look, 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 what, look, what, look. So, so here's, here's the thing about this scripture. It says, now I know that you fear God. Now I know that you fear God. But look, look, this, we, we, can't, we can't rule out God's nature, right? God already knew he feared him. So what was this for? 
What was this test for? It wasn't for God to know that God, that, that Abraham feared him. He already knew that Abraham feared him. So what was this test for? Obedience. It was for Abraham. You ever had a time where you went through a, you thought you were grown, you, you had thought you had, you had conquered an a, a, a issue you had. You know, you had a bad habit. Maybe it was smoking or, you know, drinking or something. And you thought you had, you had kicked it, right? And then you went and then all of a sudden you pick up another cigarette and you start to smoke. And you thought, you were like, but you fall back into it. Abraham was, confir- God was confirming in Abraham that he feared him. You know, sometimes we need to be reassured that we do believe what we believe. And the only way to find out if we believe it is to put it to the test. And that's what God did for Abraham. But it doesn't stop there. Go to the next verse. Verse 13. It says, Abraham looked up and in a thicket and saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Don't miss that. Instead of his son. It's the first place substitutionary atonement was introduced as well. I don't know. That's a big word. What are you talking about, Pastor? Substitutionary atonement. The ram took the place of the son. The son was the sacrifice. The ram takes the place of the son, and the ram now becomes the sacrifice. Oh, the, oh I don't know if y'all, y'all may be getting there before, before I get there, but we're coming up on a time in, 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 in 40 days, well, a little less than 40 days, where somebody took the place, our place. He took our place, and he was our substitutionary atonement. We should have been on this altar. We should have been put to death for our sins and what we've done. But Jesus Christ stepped in and took our place on the altar and was our sacrifice. What did they call him? They called him the Lamb of God. What did, what did Moses find in the thicket? A ram caught by his horns. Look, listen, the creation. If, I don't, if you don't hear nothing else today, we can thank God and to be a true worshiper. We got to understand what he's done for us. What he's done for us. He took our place. Instead of us, it was him that bore our sins on the cross. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 14. It says, so Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. To this day, it is said on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. You know, new creation, sometimes we go through things and we're tested so that people around us can have a front row seat to God providing for us. Abraham didn't know how God was going to provide. He just knew he would provide. And that's what we see here. And he called the place God will provide. You know, we have to be obedient and step out on faith. The Lord can be waiting to provide for us. But he hasn't provided for us because we had went to the altar and laid our sacrifice and been obedient to an illogical 